the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The pilgrims, the Puritans, the founding fathers and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we could not know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible, a 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. And thank you very much, Kevin Bell. Thank you for getting us on the air tonight. For Jackie, our board operator, helping us to engineer the program and bring out the Scriptures, bring out the Word to you. That's what we talk about each and every evening. If we can just do that much, however else we might goof up. <laughs> And there are a thousand ways to do it. I've explored the arena of goof-ups more than perhaps any other. But if we can deliver that Bible, if we can deliver the Scriptures, a flawless reading each and every evening as we faithfully and consistently make our way through the Bible. That's what we want to do, and I appreciate so much Jackie and others who help us to do that. We are in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24. We'll finish this book, if I remember correctly, it's two or three programs of next week's series that will be in Deuteronomy. Then we'll be going back for a season in the New Testament. We will have completed Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the five books of Moses, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the books of the law, whatever you want to call them. We will have completed the first five books of the Old Testament. We have already read the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament, and we'll be going back to spend a season of time in the Gospel of Mark the second of the four Gospels, the second book of the New Testament. Then we'll be coming back and picking up at Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, that period of time following the invasion of Canaan, the the time when the people of Israel cross over the Jordan. They will take some time there to complete the conquest of the Promised Land, and then the time of the Judges lead around into the time of the Kings. This book of Deuteronomy is phenomenal. This is a speech now from the man who couldn't speak. Moses said, I'm not a good speaker. I can't do that. When God first called him to go back into Egypt to call his people out. And yet now he is delivering this series of messages to the people of Israel about what God requires of them as a people to bring blessing to their lives, individually, as families, and as a society. We'll pick up at chapter 24 tonight. But right now, let's go to Psalm 39 in our Wisdom and Worship segment. Psalm 39. 
I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will curb my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew to the bursting point. My thoughts grew hot within me and began to burn, igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth for someone else to spend. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion, for even fools mock me when I rebel. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. Please, don't punish me anymore. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline people for their sins, their lives can be crushed like the life of a moth. Human existence is as frail as breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through, as my ancestors were before me. Spare me so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. End of reading, Psalm 39. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is It's okay The last thing I need Is to be heard But to hear What you would say You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. That's what we ask each and every evening here as we read through the scriptures. God, would you speak to my heart? Maybe there's a problem or a relationship in your life you're struggling with. Let God speak to your heart. From chapters 24 through 28 of the book of Deuteronomy, something will jump out of that radio and speak to your heart. It'll lift you up. It'll encourage you. It'll correct you. It'll give you that idea that you needed for that particular area of your life. I know that it will. Well, I was mentioning beforehand, though, that this is an amazing book, Deuteronomy. It's one of the most quoted books in the New Testament. Jesus often referred to it, and often you don't realize that he has done so. Like in chapter 15, we're told that there will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Jesus is the one in John 15. He says, the poor you will always have with you. He is a man who is just saturated with the word of God. Out of the book of Deuteronomy came that wonderful phrase, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy. So we'll go back now to chapter 24, and this first section is going to talk a little bit about divorce. And some think that this passage supports divorce, but that's not the case. It's not suggesting that a man divorce his wife on a whim. Divorce was a permanent and final act for a couple. So once divorce had happened and they had remarried others, they could never be remarried to each other. It was to restrict and to prevent casual remarriage after a frivolous separation. Of course, the intention there was to make people think twice, very, very seriously, before divorcing. A dear, dear friend just called me on the way to the studio tonight, a lady that I had led their children to Christ many years ago. She's been a friend of our ministry for many years from another city. 
telling me oh, about her family, how they're going. And, and that sweet daughter that I led to Christ many, many years ago has just recently divorced her husband. And we were just sad, sad to hear that. It always is a sad thing. But it's a reality, and the Scriptures deals with it here tonight as a reality. Then it's going to introduce us to problems about lawsuits among believers, harvest and tithing, giving to the Lord, giving to support God's people, the Levites, as they minister to the nation. And then he's going to enter into a different section where he's going to talk about the consequences of obeying God and the consequences of disobeying God. Blessings and curses. God does indeed deal in our lives, and there are blessings and curses that work in our life on the basis of whether or not we are trusting and obeying the Savior. It's something we need to be aware of today in the times in which we live as well. The book of Deuteronomy on the Bible life. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 28, 19. Deuteronomy 24. Suppose a man marries a woman, but later discovers something about her that is shameful. So he writes her a letter of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her away. If she then leaves and marries another man, and the second husband also divorces her or dies, the former husband may not marry her again, for she has been defiled. That would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring guilt upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or given any other special responsibilities. He must be free to be at home for one year, bringing happiness to the wife he has married. It is wrong to take a pair of millstones, or even just the upper millstone, as a pledge, for the owner uses it to make a living. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. You must cleanse the evil from among you. Watch all contagious skin diseases carefully and follow the instructions of the Levitical priests. Obey the commands I have given them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam as you were coming from Egypt. If you lend anything to your neighbor, do not enter your neighbor's house to claim the security. Stand outside and the owner will bring it out to you. If your neighbor is poor and has only a cloak to give as security, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset so your neighbor can sleep in it and bless you. And the Lord your God will count it as a righteous act. Never take advantage of poor laborers, whether fellow Israelites or foreigners living in your towns. Pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and are counting on it. Otherwise, they might cry out to the Lord against you, and it would be counted against you as sin. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor the children for the sins of their parents. Those worthy of death must be executed for their own crimes. True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment in pledge of her debt. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I have given you this command. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the boughs twice. Leave some of the olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. This also applies to the grapes in your vineyard. Do not glean the vines after they are picked, but leave any remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I am giving you this command. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Deuteronomy 25. Suppose two people take a dispute to court and the judges declare that one is right and the other is wrong. If the person in the wrong is sentenced to be flogged, the judge will command him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with a number of lashes appropriate to the crime. No more than 40 lashes may ever be given. More than 40 lashes would publicly humiliate your neighbor. 
Do not keep an ox from eating as it treads out the grain. If two brothers are living together on the same property and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Instead, her husband's brother must marry her and fulfill the duties of her brother-in-law. The first son she bears to him will be counted as the son of the dead brother, so that his name will not be forgotten in Israel. But if the dead man's brother refuses to marry the widow, she must go to the town gate and say to the leaders there, My husband's brother refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He refuses to marry me. The leaders of the town will then summon him and try to reason with him. If he still insists that he doesn't want to marry her, the widow must walk over to him in the presence of the leaders, pull his sandal from his foot, and spit in his face. She will then say, This is what happens to a man who refuses to raise up a son for his brother. Ever afterward, his family will be referred to as the family of the man whose sandal was pulled off. If two Israelite men are fighting, and the wife of one tries to rescue her husband by grabbing the testicles of the other man, her hand must be cut off without pity. You must use accurate scales when you weigh out merchandise, and you must use full and honest measures. Yes, use honest weights and measures so that you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Those who cheat with dishonest weights and measures are detestable to the Lord your God. Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck down those who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land he is giving you as a special possession, you are to destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. Deuteronomy 26. When you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each harvest into a basket, and bring it to the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge that the Lord your God has brought me into the land he swore to give our ancestors. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, My ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live in Egypt. His family was few in number, but in Egypt they became a mighty and numerous nation. When the Egyptians mistreated and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard us and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with amazing power, overwhelming terror, and miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, flowing with milk and honey. And now, O Lord, I have brought you a token of the first crops you have given me from the ground. Then place the produce before the Lord your God and worship him. Afterward, go and celebrate because of all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Remember to include the Levites and the foreigners living among you in the celebration. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Every third year, you must offer a special tithe of your crops. You must give these tithes to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, so that they will have enough to eat in your towns. Then you must declare, in the presence of the Lord your God, I have taken the sacred gift from my house and have given it to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, just as you commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten any of your commands. I have not eaten any of it while in mourning. I have not touched it while I was ceremonially unclean. And I have not offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God and have done everything you commanded me. Look down from your holy dwelling place in heaven and bless your people Israel and the land you have given us, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as you solemnly promised our ancestors. Today the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these laws and regulations, 
You must commit yourself to them without reservation. You have declared today that the Lord is your God. You have promised to obey his laws, commands, and regulations by walking in his ways and doing everything he tells you. The Lord has declared today that you are his people, his own special treasure, just as he promised, and that you must obey all his commands. And if you do, he will make you greater than any other nation. Then you will receive praise, honor, and renown. You will be a nation that is holy to the Lord your God, just as he promised. Deuteronomy 27. Then Moses and the leaders of Israel charged the people as follows. Keep all these commands that I am giving you today. When you cross the Jordan River and enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, set up some large stones and coat them with plaster. Then write all the terms of this law on them. I repeat, you will soon cross the river to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. When you cross the Jordan, set up these stones at Mount Ebal and coat them with plaster, as I am commanding you today. Then build an altar there to the Lord your God using natural stones. Do not shape the stones with an iron tool. On the altar you must offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God. Sacrifice peace offerings on it also, and feast there with great joy before the Lord your God. On the stones coated with plaster you must clearly write all the terms of this law. Then Moses and the Levitical priest addressed all Israel as follows. O Israel, be quiet and listen. Today you have become the people of the Lord your God. So obey the Lord your God by keeping all these commands and laws that I am giving you today. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. That same day, Moses gave this charge to the people. When you cross the Jordan River, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin must stand on Mount Gerizim to proclaim a blessing over the people. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali must stand on Mount Ebal to proclaim a curse. Then the Levites must shout to all the people of Israel, Cursed is anyone who carves or casts idols and secretly sets them up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who despises father or mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who is unjust to foreigners, orphans, and widows, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his father's wife, for he has violated his father, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with an animal, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his sister, whether she is the daughter of his father or his mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his mother-in-law, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who kills another person in secret, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts payment to kill an innocent person, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who does not affirm the terms of this law by obeying them, and all the people will reply, Amen. Deuteronomy 28 If you fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all the commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in your towns and in the country. You will be blessed with many children and productive fields. You will be blessed with fertile herds and flocks. You will be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit and with kneading bowls filled with bread. 
You will be blessed wherever you go, both in coming and in going. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will bless everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he solemnly promised to do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you an abundance of good things in the land he swore to give to your ancestors, many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens to bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always have the upper hand. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today to follow after other gods and worship them. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and laws I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. You will be cursed in your towns and in the country. You will be cursed with baskets empty of fruit and with kneading bowls empty of bread. You will be cursed with few children and barren fields. You will be cursed with infertile herds and flocks. You will be cursed wherever you go, both in coming and in going. End of reading, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 28, 19. This is the Bible live. Thou shalt not go away. You've heard Deuteronomy chapters 24 through 28, and of course that beautiful reading that we began our program with, Psalm 39. Well worthy of comment this evening. They're just full of details, and it's so very interesting, the era, the time in which they lived, and yet you see these principles God gave to the people of Israel about their marriages, other family relationships as well, the area of sexuality, something that God speaks to a great deal. True justice is sought here. Those deserving to die in terms of punishment for crimes must suffer the consequences of their own crimes. Then in chapter 25, we talked about this idea that if a brother dies and and the wife is left without a family, without support, remember that a man's family, a woman's family, was the only means of support. The family unit is the primary building block of a whole culture of society. When that breaks down, there had to be a way to take care of that widow that is left behind. So the brother of her husband was to take on the duties of caring for her and her family a serious responsibility. We see that in chapter 25. Remember Ruth, the widow Ruth, the Moabitess, the daughter of Naomi, for whom a book of the Bible is named. To see an example of Deuteronomy chapter 25, you only need to read the book of Ruth, and you'll see that particular thing taking place, that nearest relative, the kinsman redeemer. And it's not only a matter that helps the family and helps that particular person, but it is a picture of the redemptive work of Jesus the Messiah. The kinsman redeemer is a picture of the work of the Savior, the ultimate redeemer of us all, who has brought us into the family of God by his sacrifice on our behalf. It all ties together. Now, in our Psalm 39 that we read tonight, one of the primary themes of the psalm is the brevity of life. 
The brevity of life is a theme throughout the scriptures. Jesus himself spoke about the brevity of life. It's so ironic today that people spend so much time securing our lives here on earth, but very little time or thought or effort about where we will spend eternity. Whatever number of years we have on this earth are nothing compared to eternity. David, the one who wrote this psalm, realized that amassing riches and busily accomplishing worldly tasks, attaining earthly goals, fame and fortune, movies, athletics, and all these things that we give our lives to accomplishing, building businesses and so on, all of these things will make no difference whatsoever in eternity. In and of themselves, they mean nothing. Just one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Life is so short, no matter how long we live it, <laughs> even if you happen to be over 100, it's still so short. If you have something important that you want to do in your life, if there's some calling, some passion that you have, get started. We mustn't put it off for a better day. Ask yourself maybe from time to time, if I only had six months to live, if I only had a month, or if I only had one more year, what would I do? And let's get after it. Take those first steps. Get the journey started and see how God will give you the strength, the resources you need. Tell that someone that you love him or her. Deal with an undisciplinary of your life. Tell someone about Jesus. Life is so short. Don't neglect what is truly important. Our Wisdom and Worship segment, Psalm 39. Now, in this section we read this evening, again, Moses is going through these basic principles that he's delivered in the Ten Commandments, and he's now expanding upon them out into their daily lives. There's a passage in here about the cloak. If your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as security for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. If a person had a cloak, they would only usually have one or maybe two. And a cloak was the source of warmth and protection from the elements. It was a sleeping bag in the nights. It protected them from animals. It would carry stuff in its pockets and in its folds. So the cloak was a very fundamental part of a person's possessions. And so here is some basic protection for that. Don't take advantage of the poor, of those who are forced to take these extreme measures to provide for themselves. These are real admonitions, real commands that are being given. But behind it is the idea of a dependence, a trust, a reliance upon God, that if the people of Israel, and if we today as God's people, will humble ourselves, will come to the end of our own efforts and our own pride and our own arrogance, and humble ourselves. We don't deserve anything from God, but frankly, His punishment. But in His mercy and grace, He has given us life. And to be content with what He gives us and trust in Him and rely on Him and obey Him, there's a principle, a law that kicks in that blessings will be the result. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. <laughs> 